everybody. Welcome back to the Little Green Pasture. Well, it's good to be back. I have been gone for several days. It might seem like not a long time to you, but I like to always be here all the time, but sometimes things happen. I had to have a little surgery on my leg, and that really put me out for a few days. <laughs> but I'll tell you, sometimes those times are good um, when God just lays us down. And, you know, I just feel so good right now. You know, yeah, my leg is throbbing, but I feel so good right now. I feel good in the Lord. I feel good in his spirit right now. And I just feel so much joy in my heart. And I just feel so happy in Christ. And not that some big something happened, but because of who he is, because he's my refuge and my strength. He's our refuge and our strength, right? Well, so before I get started, I just want to welcome everybody here. I'm so glad you're here. And I pray that today you will be lifted up in the words that I'm going to speak to you today because God spoke them to me. And I am sure of it. I am certain that you will be lifted up. And I am going to pray now. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this beautiful day. Lord, I know that down below heaven where you are, there's so much chaos confusion and noise and clamor and and everything too too numerable to list here lord but lord you are our our place that we go to you're the place that we dwell and jesus i ask you to bless me not just me not just for myself but the message that entered into my soul entered into my spirit that lord jesus it would be like a well of water like a fountain overflowing. Lord, I just ask you to be with me and to sanctify this word because your word is truth. And I just ask you to sanctify this message and to bless every hearer and to overwhelm them with the knowledge of your love and the depth and the riches of it, that you are real and that you are here with us god with us emmanuel in jesus name amen so like i was saying like i had a little bit of surgery on my leg and you know for a few days i was like oh like i was like uh, i could barely walk around and but you know i you know me i just kept like you you know we just keep going and we're in these bodies that are not perfect and sometimes things have to happen and so, you know, I, I kind of welcomed in, at, at the same time, just time to rest. And and I, I didn't have any expectation, but just to rest in the Lord. And I did a crusade on Sunday, though, with Lynn Oz, and it was really powerful. We're going to be speaking about that on her Thursday show because some really powerful things actually happened there. So anyways, back to what I want to share with you today. Um and this is personal. This is from my heart, but I believe this will minister to you and more than minister to you. Fill up your cup and let it run over because, you know, when we come to Christ, Jesus does everything in fullness. He doesn't just give us a couple of drops like, OK, here you go. And I got to save some for others. That's not Jesus. You know, the, he's the fullness of the Godhead bodily and he is everything. He's full of love and full of mercy and full of compassion and so on. And and so, you know, um, a couple days ago, I guess it was yesterday. I've been kind of out of it. It's hard to tell what it is. Uh, 
which, but I, I believe it was probably yesterday. And, and I was thinking of that word. And for years, I always looked at this word, Psalm 110. And, and so, but the one thing that always stuck out is verse seven. He shall drink of the brook in the way. Therefore shall he lift up the head. And, you know, I always thought about that word literally for years. He shall drink of the brook in the way. Now, you know, I could have looked it up by, I always look things up and I study, but, you know, sometimes I just want to let it sit. And so I looked at Psalm 110 and it has to do with the conquest of the Lord. I mean, it's totally prophetic. It has to do with the second coming of Christ. And, um, but what I understand is, uh, well, let me just read it. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. I mean, that's just exploding with the beauty and the glory of Christ coming in the second coming. And the Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. That's the battle of Armageddon. And then verse six would be the throne of glory judgment. That's after the supper of the great God where the angel, where he just destroys all the antichrist armies with the sword of his mouth. And an angel stands in the midst of heaven and it says, come gather yourselves together. He says it to the carrot, you know, to the um, devouring fowls, you know, like, vultures and that breed he says come and dine upon the captains upon kings and upon the captains upon the uh, mighty men upon the rich men upon so and so and so they he said into the supper of the great god and so when that is finished it's you know this is somewhere else but it says that he sends his angels to gather from the four corners of the world uh those that have you know that remain at the end of that seven-year period to the vicinity of northern Israel in the valley of Jehoshaphat. And you could read about that in Joel chapter uh, 3. And so uh, it's called the throne of glory judgment. And it's a judgment basis on, it's a sheep and goat nation judgment. But let me just keep going. Because that's all I wanted to say about that. Just to give you a little bit of schooling right there so you can understand. He shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. He shall wound the heads over many countries. And at the end, it says, he shall drink of the brook in the way. Therefore, shall he lift up the head. And so I was reading um, Matthew Henry's uh, Concise and Matthew Poole and uh, Gilbert. And I was looking at all of them just to see what they said. They basically all said the same thing is um, that that had to have something to do with his conquest on his journey to the cross and how the brook in the way was as he was going, God was supplying that water, which is power. Like while he was going there, God always in the way provided some water to strengthen Christ. Um, so it says, therefore, shall he lift up the head? And according to them, that meant as he bowed his head and gave up the ghost, so shall he lift up the head 
at the second coming. So I was thinking more over now about I'm going to isolate. He shall drink of the brook of the way. And so I started thinking about that over a 24 hour period. And I was thinking then if that's the case and we're going the way of the Lord, then we shall drink of the brook in the way, so to speak. And I know that brook meant the kid drawn brook, but we have another water source, don't we? And I thought, you know, I mean, isn't it just something that we just always do, especially the older you get, you, you think of the way that you've come and, and how Christ always intervened just, intervened just at the right time when you thought you couldn't go another footstep. And then you drank in the brook of the, in the way. He always provides a brook in the way where it refreshes the soul, it strengthens the spirit, it, gets, it puts life back into the body for the journey. So let me go on to other things, because as I was thinking about that, you know, this morning I got up to do my devotions and I was thinking about a word that uh, in first Kings and it's eight fifty five through 56. And it was at the end of King Solomon's prayer after it was a dedication of the temple. And he was kneeling and his hands were lifted up. And and after he got done praying all of that, it's a long, long prayer It's powerful. Then after that, it said he stood and he blessed all the congregation of Israel with a loud voice saying, blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people, Israel, according to all that he has promised. There hath not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. Can't you just picture him saying that because there's tens of thousands of people. I don't know how many people heard him. But can't you just picture that beautiful king praying that very long prayer that all directs everything to God? They didn't know Jesus Christ back then. But everything, when you're in, when you're in trouble, when this happens, when that happens, there's like all these different key points and he goes through. Then turn to God, repent, do these things and he will deliver you. And, you know, this morning I kept hearing something in my, like it kept coming in, like, like God, like was injecting, like he was saying, as I was praying in between, um, words, I was speaking in prayer to him, um, uh, deliverance, deliver me, deliver. I kept hearing it like that, deliver, deliver. And I said, Lord, I, if there's going to be something that's going to happen to me in the future, deliver me, oh God. You know, look at Solomon's prayer. The whole thing wasn't just like, thank you, God, that you gave us all this, uh, that my father laid up all these goods for me to build this temple. And thank you, Hiram, for the floats that you sent down with all that cedar wood so I can build the temple I'm standing in front of. And and thank you for Bezalel and Aholiab, the craftsmen, the anointed people who had, were cunning artificers and all these things. He said, no, he's pointed everything back and it had everything to do with God delivering them and delivering people, groups, individuals, even people who got caught as prisoners of war. He said, if you turn to him. He said he will deliver you. So I'm just pretty much, you know, collectively saying that's what he said. And his words were, there has not failed one word of all his good promise. I mean, can't you just hear that echoing voice of man's voice, loud, standing up, 
Blessed be the Lord that has given rest unto his people Israel, according to all that he has promised. There has not failed one word of all of his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses' servant. And I thought about that word this morning, and I said to myself, I said, then that has to be for us. There, can we say that? Or if we're going to say it, don't say it if we don't mean it. You know how like a lot of people, they'll just say, this isn't to pick on people. There's a lot to learn in the journey. But to just openly go, Lord, there's not failed of one good thing. It's like something has to work deep down, digging deep down into your man, where you can say there has not failed one good thing of all that you have promised. And it says here, by the hand of Moses' servant. And how much more through Christ. And as I was thinking that and praying, thinking upon that, I didn't pray it. I just was thinking about it in my heart. I started to think of my my action of prayer. And during this time of kind of being out of it, my spirit wasn't out of it. My body was. And I thought to my I thought to the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, I just thank you so much for prayer. Lord, it feels so good just to sit before you and to look to you. It feels so good not to be banging a hammer on nails. It feels so good right now to know that even if I don't have the power that to pray over this and pray over that and pray for him and pray for her and pray for pray, pray, pray. I thought, are you not God? Do you not hold all things together by your great hand, by your outstretched arm? Who am I to tell you? Oh, Lord, I better do this. I better do that. And I said, do you know what? Let all the earth keep silence, O earth, for the Lord, Lord ariseth out of his place. And sometimes God does not want us always to be talking. So many people say, how can we hear? I never hear. Some people, I don't, I don't want to even get into that. I don't know why some people hear, why some people don't. I don't have the antidote. I know what works for me, and I know what works. I've heard other people. Every, people have different ways they meet Jesus. And I want to talk to you about prayer as your refuge today. Not a bunch of external things that you're doing. Because see, when you're healthy and when you feel really good, you can do a lot of things. And you can do it in sincerity. And I know it means something to the Lord. It does. He loves to see us get up and go meet him. And go do things that maybe come into our own heart. Right? Like it entered into David's heart. To build a dwelling place for the ark. But, you know, he didn't get to build it. His son built it. But still, God, God will bless you when you have something good to do. But it's like there comes a time where the Lord doesn't want your help. He doesn't need our help. He doesn't need us. But he wants to use us. And he want not just to use us all the time. Sometimes he just wants us to lay down. And sometimes we're not used to that, right? We want to be active because it gives us a sense of feeling like we're doing something and it makes us happy, right? Because I'll show you my faith by works, right? Like if a man loves God, the same is known of him. Well, how do you know a man loves God? But there is a character in him or her. There is a conduct that they're always in. Even the wicked take notice of it. And so I started to think about prayer and I started to think about it being a place, a real refuge. And I thought, you know, we could, there's so many, I mean, prayer is a vast economy, right? Like I could sit here for the next 
thousand years and say, now today we're going to have less than 1 billion. But it's not for me to teach you that. It's for the Holy Spirit to teach you that. Um, I can only teach you to the degree of the things I have learned from Jesus Christ. But, you know, I thought about that scripture uh, about God being our refuge and all the places that we have read in the Bible, you know, the Lord is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear though the earth be removed, though the mountains, though the sea swell, though the mountains be cast into that sea. Right. Um, And I started to think about prayer being really a refuge. You know, I really looked back in my life and I thought about all the places in my life that I didn't, that I felt terrible. Do you ever feel like that where you feel so terrible or bad about something, whatever the case may be, a loss, a wound, something too hard to bear? And what do you do? You pray. You talk to God. You know why? Because that breath that he put in you is the breath he breathed into you, his life into your soul. And I believe with all my heart that that breath is meant to return to him in prayer. You know, I look at Psalms 57 verse 1, Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. And I I thought about this. I thought, should the Lord just only be our refuge? I mean, yes, there's so many scriptures I could have put on here, but you you can do it yourself. You can do a word search. And I really thought in my own heart, I said to the Lord, Lord, are you only my refuge when I'm in trouble? I said, Do I seek to run into the name of the Lord? You know, the name of the Lord is a high, as a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. Yes, there's a thousand verses, it seems like, where we could run into the name of God. We could go to God in prayer. But I think there's something so much far greater in prayer than anybody can really, any of us can understand or realize. And Satan hates it when we pray. He wants us to think that we have to learn to say things a certain way with a certain voice and we have to come to him at a certain hour and we have to, oh, you know, and then there's so much self involved in it. I'll tell you something. When I first set off to pray, I remember I prayed like a little baby. Lord, I love you so much. I was just so simple. But then as I started to get into the word and I started to study and I started to be filled with knowledge and and instruction and everything. I will tell you, it got in the way of me just being Joni running to my father in heaven where I could just flop down at his feet, at his footstool, and I could just belt out whatever is in my heart. And all of that stood in the way. And that is so, such a loss to me. But you know, when I came full circle, and you know, you get older, you don't have the physical strength that you used to have, but your, out, your outward man perishes Yet your inward man is being renewed day by day for these light and momentary troubles are nothing to be um, 
what is it? Our light momentary troubles, nothing to be uh, considered. It was something like that compared to the glory that shall soon be revealed in us. And I started to think of those shadow verses. Um, I like to call them shadow verses. And, you know, I, th- I think there are more verses on the shadow of death than any other word of shadows, you know. And I thought, I started to think about those, the shadow of his wings, and I thought, you know, though, yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, right? But then at another point, it says he takes us out of that shadow. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we can dwell in his shadow. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And, you know, that is a real place. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to go out from there. I don't want to be like one of the nine lepers that's like, yeah, thanks for the healing, I'll go show myself to the priests and I'll go back to life. It's like, no way. I want to throw myself down at the feet of Jesus. I want to be like all of those that really, really were touched by Jesus Christ. It says they followed him in the way they, they would, they leaped up. They, they followed him. They ran after him. And, you know, I, I think about all these different, like I said, these shadow verses, you know, um, I think about, I thought about another verse and, you know, it was kind of the Lord weaving in me. There's a scripture in Song of Solomon 7, 5. It says, thine head upon thee is like Carmel and the hair of thine head like purple. The king is held in his galleries. And I remember many years ago, I thought about that. Like I got to that scripture, you know, you really slow down when you read the word. It's like in many ways you get a lot of things down. But I know his his word is like the waters, you know, there's a surface and then there's a depth and then there's the great depths and it's the deep that calleth unto deep at the noise of his water spouts. And there's always a deepening and there's always an enlarging and a winding up like it says at the temple. And I thought about the king being held in his galleries and and I thought, you know, I thought, you know, I think of a gallery, you know, and I picture this king, you know, and he's held there. And I'm like, why is he held there? And the Song of Solomon woman says the king is held in his gallery. She describes his head and his beauty and and who what he looked like. And, you know, I thought about the king being held in his galleries and I thought about him being my refuge. And I thought I want to go to those galleries where the king is held. And I want to, I think. I thought to myself, and this is just my thinking. I thought, Lord, are you held there? You're held there by your love. Because when we seek for you, you're waiting for us in your galleries. It doesn't say gallery. It says galleries. And, you know, I started to think about when we come to him and we're praying for something and we're looking for something, we go to him, right? You got to go to him. You got to get up. You got to go to him, even in your spirit. Even if you're paralyzed from the neck down, it says, you know, you go to him in your spirit. And I just picture myself just going to him, you know, and saying, Lord, I need your mercy for today. I'm up against something really terrible. I don't have the answers and it's too hard for me. And then he speaks to me in his galleries and says, is there anything too hard for me? And then I say to him, Lord, I feel overwhelmed. I don't even know what to do about what's coming. And then I hear him say to me, when your spirit is overwhelmed within me, then I'll show you your path. And then when I say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I, I feel afraid, 
he says, do not fear for I'm with you. Do not, you know, do not be afraid for I'm your God. I, I will strengthen you and I will help you, you know, and see, I'm giving you a demonstration. And I thought, but Lord, are not all your galleries like a gallery of mercy? Do you take, he takes me over to the gallery of his mercies and he shows me his mercy. And then he takes me when I go, Lord, I feel like I've just been feeling so down and like, I've just been feeling pummeled by humanity. And he says, for I've betrothed thee unto me in life. I have betrothed thee unto thee for eternity. And, you know, I mean, then I say, Lord, I feel like my faith is failing. And then he says to me, though you have no faith in the, he takes me to the gallery of faith and says, if you have no faith, yet am I faithful still for I'm not able to deny myself. You see, Jesus Christ has shadows. You know, it says in the word, man is like to vanity. His days are as a shadow. I mean, we, it's almost like we're not even here. And I want to share something. A few days ago, I was just sitting there and all of a sudden, I just seriously, all of a sudden, my life kind of just flashed in front of me. And I went, wow, I can't believe it because I'll be 60 next year. And I thought, wow, here I am. It went so fast, like a flash. And I heard the Lord say in my heart. No, and then before I'll tell you what he said to me in my heart. I said, Lord, isn't, and I thought, maybe I didn't say Lord, but I said to myself, I said, it's really kind of strange how people, when they say, you know, I was about ready to die. And seriously, I saw my life flash before my face. We've all heard that where people who were on the verge of death said, my, my entire life flashed before my eyes. And then I felt the Lord say to me in my heart, the reason why that happens is because your life was only a flash. But there's nothing, it's nothing to be compared to eternity. Life is a flash. And you know, a lot of us have wasted a lot of time. A lot of us have spent time doing this, doing that, running after this, running after that. But the king is held in his galleries. And in prayer, we meet him. And in prayer, we abide. He that Jesus says in John 15, I believe it's John, it could be John 16, forgive me, but he says, he that abideth in me, if I, he says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask the father whatsoever things he will have you to do and he will do it that the son may be glorified in him. So what I'm thinking to myself is, Lord, are you telling me, are you telling us that the way to abide is in prayer? Never think for one minute that prayer is something that is an activity. Remember I spoke to you about Christ the ladder? You know what Christ is? He is the ladder. He is your communication between heaven and earth. And, you know, some people, they write to me and they say, Joni, I just feel like I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to say. And I say to them, can you breathe? Can you talk? You just wrote to me an email. Look at everything you just said. Was that easy for you to do? Or someone will call me and I'll say, see all these things you just said to me? You have to talk to him just like that because he's a very real person. 
He's your creator. He's your maker. He's your God. And this flash of a life. Now, I'm not that I told him this. And I'm telling you, this life is a flash. Don't take it so seriously. Though I know serious things happen in it. You have to remember about those shadow verses. There's those that walk through the shadows, right? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. How about the worker that desires the shadows? There's sometimes, you know, you think about the hard worker. We see construction workers. We see people. It doesn't always mean that it has to be a man that's out on the highway or building building things. It says in Job 7-2, As a servant earnestly desireth the shadow, and as a hireling looketh for the reward of his work. See, there's a servant that earnestly desireth the shadow. A shadow... There's a there's an evil shadow. There's the wicked that dwell in evil shadows and the dark shadows of Satan. But there is a shadow God has brought us out from. Even yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because we dwell in the in the presence of the Most High God in his shadow and where there's no shadow of turning with him. Meaning what he is and what he was before he'll be to you. And it was just like what what Solomon said. There has not failed one good word. Not failed one word of all his good promise. Which he promised by the hand of Moses' servant. And so we walk, right? And so we work. So we walk to the valley of the shadow of death. And as servants, we earnestly desire the shadow of God. And also too, Jesus is the refuge. It's not just that we have this prayer with so disjointed, isn't it? Isn't prayer to so many people so disjointed, they just see it as, okay, this is prayer. This is the Bible. This is Jesus. And there's these three tangible things. And then you're trying to talk to God who's there, but yet he's in you. And you're trying to connect these dots and make them flow like a river. It doesn't work that way. See, the shadow of thy wings is a very real place. In Psalm 36, 7, it says, How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust in the shadow of thy wings. So that's where you put your trust. It's not just a place you abide, but it's also a place you put your trust. It's also a place that where we rejoice. Because thou hast been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. And it's also the place where we are kept and hidden. Psalm 17, 8. Keep me as the apple of thy eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. And also, too, it's a place where we're weary. In Isaiah 32, 2, it says, And a man shall be as a hiding place from the wind. And a covert from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. And this is a weary land. And it's also a place where we live in this world. In Lamentations 4.20, it says, The breath of our nostrils, the anointed of the Lord, was taken in their pits, of whom we said, Under his shadow, we shall live among the heathen. And we see that in Colossians, and there's other places like Hebrews and Romans, but it says that the things that we're seeing are just a shadow of things to come, but the body is Christ. 
And so again, we drink of the brook in the way and we walk through this world as sojourners and we don't be part of it. You know, I just want to tell you this morning, I was, I was finishing my devotions and I looked down and I was in uh, John chapter 20 and it said the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Let me just stop right there and I'm going to finish. See Mary, she got up early while it was yet dark. I don't think she slept that night. I think of that word and it may even be her. In Song of Solomon 5.2, I sleep, but my heart awaketh. It is the voice of my beloved that crieth unto me, saying, Come unto me, my love, my dove, my sister, my spouse. See, Christ is calling you not to perform Paul said, I did not come to you with eloquence or superior wisdom when I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. He said he didn't come with, you know, superior wisdom and, and all these other things. He just came. He just came. Mary Magdalene. She just came. You know, I think of that word, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. But you have to let it. You have to let his peace. You you, you have, you know, um, I think it's something Samuel Rutherford said. He said, you have, I think it was, if it wasn't Samuel Rutherford, it was some, someone like him. But he said, you have to let the light in. You are the one that opens the window and the light comes in. You don't have to invite the light in, but it fills the room. And when you let the water flow from, you let the water come out of its source, out of its vessel, you let it flow. You don't have to invite the water to come, but let it come. And let me just say this to you. Jesus Christ is missing out on you. He's missing out on you. He wants you. He doesn't want you to come with anything in hand. He wants you to come and make your refuge in him and live in his shadow where there is no shadow of his turning. As you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, where he will send, well, as you go, you will drink of the brook in the way. And in you, that brook will be the spiritual waters that will well up into an eternal life. And one day, one day, you will look back at your life, maybe now, maybe, maybe you're older than me. But I just want you to encourage you. I want to encourage you. You know, you can spend all your time looking in this world. And there's a lot going on in it. And it's going just as it said it would go. But you know, everything about Christ trends upward. This is a valley. This is a shadow. And though we're walking in it, we're not of it. And, you know, I was thinking about Moses. 
when he God sent him, he said, here's what you're going to do. And he's telling him what to do. And everything Moses did, God said, lift up your hand. And he'd lift up his hand to the heavens. And that's what it said. And Moses lifted up the rod into heaven. And he lifted up, uh, lifted up his hands in heaven. He threw the dust in the air. God spoke to him from heaven. You know, God is still speaking to us from heaven. But are you really, really listening? And don't, don't, don't think for one minute that I'm saying to you, because I could already hear voices going, but I am trying to hear from him. Just well, be do this. Do this. While you're walking around in your life and you're lamenting in your heart and you're saying, Lord, I, I'm trying to hear from you and I don't hear. And if you don't hear something, say something back to him anyway. Say, I love you, God. I love you. I love you and I know you're with me. And I know you hear me. And you know what? Let me say this thing. It's like stepping back and just resting. It's almost like I get a picture of like seeing the mist over the mountain. Where little by little, the mist begins to evaporate and the light comes in. His light shines everywhere. So today, think about those shadow verses. And don't make prayer something where you have to feel like you got to sound like something. As soon as you start doing that, you're not praying. Don't try to sound like him or her or anything. I mean, he made you one of a kind. He wants to hear from you. And he wants to dwell with you. And he wants you to dwell with him under the shadow of his wings. Again, where there is no shadow of his turning and he will bring to pass everything that you're believing him for just like solomon said i close this a little early he said just like solomon said there has not failed one word of all his good promise there will not fail one good word of all of his promise to you that dwell under the shadow of his wings which is a very real place don't get, don't leave. Don't go out of it. Don't leave so soon. Remain, remain there.